What's up? You're listening to the Electric Runway podcast, a podcast exploring how emerging technology is transforming the business of fashion and beauty. I'm your host, Amanda Costco. Thanks so much for tuning in. In today's episode, we're talking about inclusive beauty with a conversation with Belanda Addis, the Chief Scientific Communications Lead for L'Oreal. But first, time for our segment, News Fash. Chinese designer Susan Fang used artificial intelligence to take her surrealist designs to the next level at her spring-summer 2024 collection showcase at London Fashion Week. Fang inputted her own hand-painted designs into a machine learning system, which then enhanced her original concepts to create the final silhouette. Alongside its utilization as a design tool, Fang's decision to implement AI into her creative process was her way of examining the intersection between the human touch and generative technology as she explored the conflicting relationship between nature and AI. Now, fashion has always had a way of incorporating emerging technology onto the runway at Fashion Weeks, so it's no surprise to me that we saw AI in a number of forms this fashion season, including generative AI, which is what Fang used. We also saw the AI pin, for those of you who missed it, at their spring-summer 2024 show. Paris-based fashion house Coperny sent supermodel Naomi Campbell, along with other models, down the runway wearing a grey pinstripe suit adorned with an AI pin from technology company Humane. A version of the device first debuted earlier this year when founder Imran Chaudhry gave a TED Talk demoing its features and making the case that the future of the computer interface is no interface at all. Some believe AR VR glasses like these are the answer, but they merely move the screens we already have in our lives today to being just millimeters away from our eyeballs, a further barrier between you and the world. And the future is not on your face. In fact, in 2017, the legendary tech journalist Walt Mossberg wrote in his final column that he felt that soon, one day, technology would become invisible and that the computer would disappear. I wrote about wearable tech returning to the runway on the Electric Runway Report, my Substack newsletter, which is the best way to stay up to date with my writing and research on the future of fashion and beauty. It's hosted on Substack and it's free to sign up. Check out the show notes for more details. Next up. Italian luxury fashion brand Prada recently announced its partnership with Texas-based commercial space firm Axiom Space to design spacesuits for the upcoming Artemis III mission to the moon in 2025. Prada's design and engineering team will work alongside the Axiom Space team through the design process. The outfits are white with blue stripes and red accents. Now, space has a long history with fashion. In fact, it was Playtex, the makers of women's bras and girdles, that made the Apollo spacesuits for Apollo missions. In the book Fashioning Apollo, Nicholas de Monchot talks about how Playtex's spacesuit went up against hard armor-like spacesuits designed by military contractors and favored by NASA's engineers. It was only when these attempts failed, when traditional engineering firms could not integrate the body into mission requirements, that Playtex, with its experience in intimates, got the job. The Artemis mission, planned for 2025, will also be the first to place a woman on the moon. Finally, Meta has rolled out its AI chatbots in collaboration with celebrities like Snoop Dogg and Kendall Jenner. Hey guys, it's Billy. I just want to introduce myself. 
I am here to chat whenever you want. Message me for any advice. I am ready to talk and I hope to talk to you soon. According to recent reporting by The Information, Meta is paying celebs such as Snoop Dogg, Kendall Jenner, and Charlie D'Amelio millions to use their likeness for fictional AI characters. The move is part of a major push by the company to integrate AI across its products and match the hype of AI tools from competitors like Google and Microsoft. Meta unveiled AI assistance during the company's Connect event last month. In addition to a chat GPT-like chatbot, they also introduced 28 new chatbots with different personalities, each using a celebrity's image. Kendall Jenner's AI, called Billy, is meant to be like your big sister you can go to for advice, evidence in her handle, at your sis Billy. Other chatbots include at Brew, a chatbot using Tom Brady's likeness for debating sports. With the introduction of Billy and the other cast of AI characters generated by Meta, we've officially entered the next phase of media and digital identity. Meta says the capability to create your own AI will be available next year. For more on this, once again, check out the Electric Runway Report on Substack. Now on to today's top story. Recently, black beauty influencers have taken to TikTok and other social media channels to call out brands that don't have an inclusive shade range. This is not true inclusivity. This should not be the darkest shade. This, <laughs> oh lord. Ever since Rihanna's Fenty Beauty smashed standards, other brands have followed suit, realizing that there's big business in being inclusive. Today's interview is my conversation with Belanda Addis. She's the Chief Scientific Communications Officer for L'Oreal. I spoke with her back in May at the L'Oreal launch of their True Match Foundation, so pardon the background noise. Our conversation touches on inclusivity in beauty and her own journey advocating for diversity within L'Oreal Labs. I'm AVP of Scientific Communications for L'Oreal Paris, where I get to speak on all of the different categories of L'Oreal Paris. So hair, skin, cosmetics, um, I get the, the wonderful pleasure to talk about our great products. And so it seems to me that L'Oreal's positioning itself more and more like a lab lately. Is that intentional? It is intentional. What we realize is that our consumers want to understand the benefits of our products. And you, if you think about it, it makes sense, right? We're, we're trying different things. We're using different things. Our environment is changing. How does that impact how we purchase our products and what we need as a consumer? So it's very important for us to be able to explain the benefit of our products through the science that helps to create it. And with data, like I'm looking over here, it says 99.5% of people find their true match. And it's just appealing to, if I think back to the campaigns of like the 90s, which was much more just about this aspirational look, this is much more appealing to the logos. Like the, the consumers are smart, they're educated, let's treat them as such. Right, right. And it's, again, super important because they are smart. Everyone is smart. Everyone has their own level of intelligence, but maybe not specific to an industry or to an area. So what we want to do is to be able to give the consumers the right information so they can make the best decisions and to choose the best products for themselves. You know, we spend years and years behind understanding really from, I would say, a psychological aspect of what the consumer needs down to the actual tangible, the actual formula, and even the packaging. There's so many different aspects of science that we communicate on in our final product that I, I love being able to, you know, to kind of speak to that. 
we've seen this shift from like maybe five colors to now I think you said that there was 48 or 52 shades so like how has that opened up pathways for consumers and tell me even about like your role advocating for different shades for someone of your skin tone yeah so I I started many 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 years ago uh, with understanding and actually prior to even joining L'Oreal um, understanding that I had an issue. I could not find a shade of foundation that worked for me. I ended up taking my mother's lipstick because I wanted to wear makeup and that was the only thing I could wear was her lipstick. You know, I wanted to feel girly, you know, and there's something to be said about, you know, wanting to feel a little bit more confident about yourself. And when you don't have, say, the right products, you don't have that same level of confidence. So when I went into working at L'Oreal, I got to see the Foundation Lab and got to see other people creating products. Um, And I said, you know, why can't I have that same type of benefit? So I shared my concerns uh, with the head of the division at the time, and he basically said, if you can't find a solution, fix it and identify how to do it. So we did just that. We just said, let's let's sit down and find a scientific approach to explain what those colors are that make up skin and then be able to translate that to foundation. So we started that journey back in 2007. And through all the years of research, uh, we now have six pigments to be able to create this huge range of shades where we're addressing skin tones from the ultra fair to the deep and the nuances in between addressing olive skin tones, addressing Asian skin tones, really making sure that all of our consumers get what they need around the world. And you mentioned this color called Ultra Rainbow. What is that? It's Ultramarine Blue. So Ultramarine Blue is is a colorant that has been around for years. It was not something that was used because it is very difficult to formulate in. Um, So if you don't formulate within the right uh, um, environment, it doesn't produce a lovely smell. So it's not always stable, but we were fortunate to find the right formulation to stabilize the ultramarine blue, which allows for us to have the benefits of this colorant. This colorant allows for us to achieve ranges of violet tones that we identified in very fair skin and deep skin. So now you'll see within this renovation, um, the Elle, Elle Fanning is wearing a shade where you can see she's super fair, but she has blue in her, sh- in, her, in her shade. And the reason for that is that it allows for you to have a level of vibrancy without just being like pastely white. It gives you some dimension to the shade. And then you see the same type of effect in the deeper tones, as, as demonstrated by Nima. And how important is it to have women that look like you in the lab advocating? Like, I think this is just a case study for women in STEM, but maybe speak to that. Like, like would this product even be here if it wasn't for someone like you? You know, I don't know. But the beauty of it is that we were there. We were there in the lab and we were able to share our pain points to be able to create them. You know, I, I like to say, you know, I have inherent expertise. Inherent expertise. I was born with my skin, I was born with my tone. So, my level of expertise, I can share with you what it is that I need. I can share with you what it is that I would like to have. And then, as a scientist, we can translate that. Now, we don't have all different ethnicities within the lab. We have quite a few. I mean, I think our labs are probably some of the most diverse labs you'll ever get to see. But we know that we how to get to those consumers. We know how to find them and to learn from them. We do tons of studies uh, where we're talking to our consumers, understanding, again, what it is that they're looking for and what's the best way to deliver it. 
So in a way, you're making product for your, you know, six-year-old self who wanted foundation but couldn't find anything. I sure am. And it's like, it brings me so much joy and so much happiness. And then on top of that, I get to give it to my family who also, they were the ones and family and friends that would say, wait a minute, you work for L'Oreal? Wait a minute, why don't I have my foundation shade? Why can't I have a product for me? I'm like, okay, wait, just give me a minute, give me a minute. So fast forward. I'm so excited that, you know, within this range, you know, it really addresses, as we can say, 99.5% of the population, which is huge. Yeah, and I guess last question for you. I, I love that. It's like a full circle moment for you and um, advocating for other people in your community. I think that's great. Um, from a scientific perspective, it seems to me that skincare and makeup are now becoming blended right there are different processes in our regime but how has science evolved that allows a product like this to have coverage to have pigment and then also to provide like those plumping benefits and the the hyaluronic acid all of that is that something that could have happened 20 years ago or is it because of new discoveries and scientific innovation it really is it's the new discovery and scientific innovations that drive us to be able to have these additional benefits within our cosmetic ranges. We like to call it skinification, the skinification of our products because we're learning now that what we need in our skin doesn't just stop with just our skincare products, which we have amazing skincare products, but we can also continue those same learnings into our cosmetic products so our consumers continue to benefit from, say, the hyaluronic acids within our formula or the level of moisturization and, or hydration that you can typically get in a skincare but now can have in a cosmetic. So it's learning, taking you know what we've learned, and then making sure that we're infusing it in different types of products. Yeah, I know that L'Oreal's um, new mission is beauty for all, and I think you really represent that. So thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. That was my conversation with Belanda Addis, the Chief Scientific Communications Officer for L'Oreal, and it was recorded back in May. That's it for today's episode of the Electric Runway podcast. To stay up to date with my outposts from the future of fashion and beauty, subscribe to my Substack, the Electric Runway Report. You can also subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever the best podcasts are found. Thanks so much for tuning in, and until next time, here's looking towards the future. Mm-hmm.